Welcome to the Water Cooler Podcast. My name is Brandon. My name is Jeremy. I'm Caleb. And I'm Harley. And sometimes Rob. Are you guys back to the point where eating at a restaurant feels normal after the pandemic or? Yeah. Well, yeah. For me, it, I guess I guess it kind of feels normal, but at the same time, you know something's like not right, you know? You're just like, oh, I don't know. This person might have COVID next to me and I would have no idea. If I'm in a restaurant, it feels normal, but persuading myself to go to a restaurant does, I'd, I'd much rather in the mindset to get takeout instead. It's just and that's, so easy. So that just doesn't, I don't go, go in and eat in restaurants at the same frequency that I would pre pandemic. So I guess once I'm inside, sure, everything's normal. It, you know, whatever, it's all good to go. But I wouldn't quite say like the whole, dining experiences is still normal to me do you think part of this is like the aspect of like everything else with the pandemic of like for movie theaters like the movie industry said well now you can just buy it at home and now since everyone just got used to doing takeout they're just used to that now so going to a restaurant is less common to them some local restaurants where i live just shut off they're online ordering. So, That's so weird. Why would why would they do that? Because they're either just so busy with like indoor orders or you know dine in where they they just turned off online ordering. I feel like wouldn't it be cheaper for them to do the online ordering That's and just so they don't have to like do all the like you know maybe I mean you don't make uh, you don't make tips as much through cool. online orders versus. I'm sure. in but yeah i mean you don't have to pay your servers if you're not doing sit down dining yeah i'm sure like online ordering they probably take a bunch of fees out too so their profits are going probably not the same yeah it yeah, i guess depends on what uh system they use if you if it's like strictly phone calls you know that they're not trying to pay grubhub 50 percent fee or whatever but yeah some restaurants got hurt by that uh that service fee off the top when people order online and that could be definitely a two i I know if you do eat in a restaurant, you're more likely to get, if you're 21, an alcoholic beverage or, you know, like a pop or soda. So that can definitely drive up overall, like mm-hmm. your overall bill. But I think probably a lot of it is just those service fees for whatever they're using to take in online orders. I, I know a couple of restaurants that took, like, when people started to open back up and have people and they just said no. Like, we're just going to continue with this takeout idea. Yeah. Well, because they make it so efficient after a point, you know, to where, you know, they don't want to take it away. And also, it's just, they just, their system's figured out. Dude, there was a point during the pandemic where Chipotle hadn't figured out their shit yet. Oh, they still don't, dude. Well, they're on, they they got like that (laughs) shelf. And it's like, it's like, all right, you just kind of go search for your name until it pops up or doesn't pop up, you know? And then the guy looks at you behind the counter like, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. oh, I'm going for my food. There was one time where they didn't let, it was before they let people inside. So you're just standing outside looking through the glass windows like, where's my food? And like a worker would peep out like every couple of minutes like and yell a name. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> who, 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 who signed off on this and was like, yeah, this is a great idea. 
Hating, that was, that was a good time. The, hating on the restaurant workers during the pandemic. Brandon. No, I'm <laughs> real big of you. I'm hating on the decision maker behind that. Like we, we could have figured you could have put like a poster down and said, Hey, if your last name starts with M, your order's ready. Or like put it. It was, it was a disaster for efficiency sake. Yeah. I think Chipotle has gotten better because they, yes. I think most of them have like the separate build a whatever station mm-hmm. in the back. But I noticed that ordering online specifically at Chipotle, they always get something wrong. Or it's super late, like you say, six thirty pick up. I go at like six fifty, and I'm like, okay, cool, it's here. I don't know how long it's been sitting here, but it's definitely hasn't been past five minutes. So I always, whatever the, if I say like a six twenty pickup time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there at like six thirty. Yeah, also because I know it's gonna be late. How privileged are we to be just <laughs> yeah. ragging on Chipotle for having an amazing app that you can place a food order on and then go pick it up? Like it's, it's, it's unreal. But hey. You know, we, we need to find something to complain about. Cause There's corn in my burrito. I didn't want corn. Onions? Eh. First Gross. world problems. They you like onions? Dude, onions are... Did you hear? Did you listen to last week's episode? He hated on onions. Yeah. yeah. Go, going to the store to get onions for oh, uh, what, yeah. the tacos? Right. <laughs> you have to admit, anybody listening to this, that going into a store just to get one onion is just out of this world. You've crazy. obviously never had ground beef without an onion. Or like obviously he does without an <laughs> onion. It makes a world of difference. Ah, oh, dude, I just onion slap. You know, it's just not for me. They're just not for me. That's all I can say. It's the most polite way I can say it. You know, it's not for me. Oh shoot, I forgot the name of them. Sounds Hold like on. you're gonna do an ad right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's not for me. You, you me know, undies. you know what I love. You no, know, that's not for me. <laughs> They're Grocery so- shopping. <laughs> Hello Fresh doesn't. <laughs> like the one thing I'm. And I, it may have been a thing before the pandemic, but there's on Grubhub or no, a DoorDash. It's called a, It's Just Wings. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can only order it through the DoorDash app. And the wings are made only at Chili, like Chili's restaurants. <laughs> Did someone come up with this business with Grubhub and said, all right, we need to find a restaurant that has a lot of kitchens everywhere? a great idea though or is it just chilies said hey we're gonna start making wings but we're only gonna sell them through doordash and like i've i've heard of in the past smaller restaurants or like chefs will rent space in a restaurant's kitchen to like cook the stuff for takeout uh those are hold on (laughs) i'm gonna do two things here one the thing i can't stand are capers i tried those for the first time today not a fan two (laughs) Kitchens where, or during the pandemic, since a lot of kitchen, like actual restaurants closed down, kitchens forced their way into what the what they call now gross or uh, ghost kitchens. So instead of like they may, it might be like I don't know, maybe like an empty like mall or like an empty warehouse, and they start putting in kitchens, and it's only takeout for DoorDash, GrubHub, Uber Eats. So you get, it's kind of like the best. It, it can be the best of both worlds because you can get small restaurants that pay a fee to be in this ghost kitchen and then they can service a more, a wider area of customers um, through these, these certain delivery fees. Um, or it could be, it could be, that could be a brand new restaurant could be an existing restaurant where they have their dine-in experience. That's too small. And then they can service out their takeout orders from a different location. Um, so there's a couple different ways that restaurants have kind of tackled that issue. Uh, extremely interesting one is using existing kitchens and existing restaurants and two is through ghost kitchens with these 
warehouses that are now being transitioned to Amazon assortment facilities of, of yeah. delivered food. I think I saw on a Reddit that uh, a food delivery driver was picking up a pizza or pizza stuff from a uh, small pizzeria, didn't recognize the name, and they pulled into the parking lot and it was a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> And, oh yeah, and they walk in and they get handed a food with like a different branding on it, different style food than Chuck E. Cheese usually has. But yeah, it's just one of those ghost kitchen situations. During the pandemic, I remember seeing an article that Chuck E. Cheese rebrand, like they for takeout, they rebranded it because they thought no one's going to order from Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, and and no one's visiting Chuck E. Cheese yeah. either. Dude, Chuck E. Cheese pizza, from what I remember, is just super slimy, oh. super super thin crust. Not great. They just yeah. crank those things out, you know. The kids just go in. Kids it's don't food. even eat it anyway because they eat one piece and then they go back to play a game. <laughs> they go in the ball pit and rub grease on oh, everything. They, they throw up inside the <laughs> That has jungle to be gym. Yeah. Central for sure. <laughs> There's so, pizza grease on the slide as our hands go down. <laughs> oh, it makes you go down faster. Just next to COVID, just right next yeah. to it. I'm, I'm so confused by all these Domino's commercials where they're like, if you order online for carryout, we'll tip you $3. It's like, you're ultimately trying to eliminate the delivery driver in a way. It's less taxing on them. Yeah. And especially like in a point where employment after the pandemic could be less oh, throughout yeah. stores nationally, you know, that extra five minutes could be spent on making pizza and in servicing in-store customers or, or whatever else versus like a delivery driver is going to go out on 15, 20, 30 minute, maybe even 40 minutes making one or two deliveries and then have to circle back. So in that 40 minutes, can you stretch out for two deliveries? You make have in the 40 minutes, how many pizzas can they make? So they're just trying to promote carry out because you know, you're taking an hour's worth of work and condensing that into a non delivery, yep. which well, I think is more efficient. And you can probably then, re- I, I think each pizza place is different, but if like the, place owns their delivery car they could start to downsize because less people are asking for delivery which would save them money and by doing that they're returning part of that to incentivize you to order for takeout yeah or carry out how they call it i'm still gonna delivery you're so smart man i yeah i wouldn't say i'm smart well, I just smarter than up, me, so I'm extremely average, just in a lot of different categories. Also, before we keep going and stuff about the pandemic, should we talk about why uh, Rob is with us today, where our missing fellow man is right now? Yeah, Caleb died. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually lost him in the tornado. Last time you predicted that, I think Harley got COVID. So, yeah, no, or you already had COVID. Yeah, he already had COVID. But Caleb is in Iceland golfing and uh, doing some work stuff on the side. He's trying to make the pro tour. <laughs> he just had an itch to golf, so he just flew to Iceland. Yeah. Just like Happy Gilmore. Interesting. So besides our white privileged selves <laughs> talking about being affected in our restaurant habits, how else were you guys affected by the pandemic? Good, anything good, anything bad come from the last two years? It, it's gotten better now because now I actually have a job where I go into the office. But right away, I felt like I was working a lot more. Mm-hmm. And part of that, I don't know if it's like, well, I have nothing else to do. Like, 
it's either work or sit around my house. And I don't really like to just sit and do nothing for extended periods of time. But the thing I noticed was my old habit when I would go into the office was when I leave the office and I shut my computer off, I'm not turning it on unless like it's a dire issue. So no one could really in a way get in contact with me unless like it was urgent. Like my boss could text me and be like, Hey, and then I would open it up. But when I, when COVID happened, I just kept my computer on. And if I got it, like notification on my phone I'd go up and look and like probably putting in a lot more hours than I was used to I think for me one one positive just kind of on the work side was since I graduated into the pandemic um, working remote was more commonplace than it was always an option but it was not like as much of like a uh, I don't know there's certain stigmas I think before the the pandemic from working from home, just like, Oh, you don't get as much work done. Like you're doing laundry and uh, all that stuff, which I've never done laundry and working remote. I don't beg anybody that that actually does, because I think it's a great use of time. You spend 15 minutes putting a load in 15 minutes. Yeah. I think it's a great use of time, but that's that stigma breaking down. I think um, has definitely been beneficial. And then kind of the, on the opposite end of me, I've, I've, learned into shutting my computer off i may get work emails but i just in my brain you know saying hey i'm just going to save that for tomorrow um so it's allowed me to just shut work out after after the fact unless something is extremely urgent and and just uh kind of differentiating between the two well in the you're on the topic of doing laundry while working from home i viewed it as like when i was in the office i would periodically I'll get up and like do a lap around the office just to not be looking at a screen all day. And I kind of viewed it as, well, I used to do that in the office. Now I'm working from home by walking around the office is now putting a load of laundry in. And, and when you're, when you were in the office, you maybe would have a five, 10, 15 minute conversation, not even work related with a coworker, maybe at the water cooler or just stopping <laughs> by someone's office and now, like you said, you do, I mean, working at home, you didn't have that. You so so it made sense to get a little thing done here and there, throw the throw the laundry in the dryer, while before my meeting's about to start. And I I, I still do that when I work from home. I work from home um, a couple of days a week, and it's nice. There are, there are benefits uh, to it because you get to get some stuff done. Um, and then at the same time you're not also being distracted by those 5, 10, 15-minute conversations. So you can get focus and get your work done. There's no one else around to bother you. But one thing I noticed was I was technically having more meetings. And how I viewed it was, if I nor- like in the office, normally if I had a question for my boss, I could just walk over to his cube, ask him, five-minute conversation. Now that we're all working remotely, it's like, well, now I have to, either ping him and if he's available or I have to set up like a 15 to a half hour meeting to discuss this one question that would have been a five minute conversation in the office. So kind of, I I would say both sides, like I saw more meetings being scheduled, but I replaced my walks around the office with tasks around the house. I spent, I spent uh, a decent amount of time in Detroit and I moved to Detroit in December of 2019, which is before the pandemic happened. So I was 
there for it's all started in like March of 2020. So I was there for like, you know, two, three full months of being, you know, kind of normal. And I was going to events. I was, I was trying to make friends and trying to meet people out there. Cause if you go to a new place, like you need to have, you should have people that you can like hang out with, you know? Uh, so I was doing that. I met a few people and it was, it was fine. And then all of a sudden it just, everything just shut down and I was just out there on, on an Island, you know, working from my apartment with no friends, you know, just solo. And I found myself working, working a lot more for sure. And since I was so new to what I was doing, I was, I was so stressed out. Like every, every email that came in, I wouldn't know how to deal with it. And I'd be like, I just get so anxious. I'm like, Oh, I don't know what to do. And I don't know what to do. Uh, so but as I started getting more experience, I, I was able to like, you know, deal with those issues, get it through and kind of, you know, develop more of a leadership style with the team, which helped a ton. But I worked so much and that's all I could do because I, I mean, when I wasn't working, I was thinking about work because I was near my computer and kind of just wondering what was happening without me checking in on it. Um, but it was weird. I mean, it's, it, it definitely impacted a lot of people in a negative way. And I think it impacted a lot of people in a, in a, in a positive way, you know, however, we, we should, you know, take a moment to like realize because the, all of those that we've lost due to this, which is not a good situation, um, in any, any manner, but it's just, it's, it's allowed, uh, kind of the, the whole world to evolve faster than maybe it would have if we didn't have it happen. So both in a good way and a bad way, as we all see right now. So. Brandon, did you have any positive or negative experiences through work or just through your home life, social life, anything um, that you realized during the pandemic? Kind of a weird time. Like during during the pandemic, a lot of life moves happened for me. So I think some of the some of the bad stuff, um, you know, maybe on like a family basis, kind of got overshadowed by some of the good stuff. So a lot of the, the just awful things that were going on in the world were like, I, I graduated, I got engaged, I bought a house and the awful things and got or the married. good things. The, all those awful thing, things got overshadowed by a lot of the good things that had happened. So yeah, I don't know. There there's positives and negatives to a lot of it. Um, I think, man, I don't know. I, I feel you though. Cause <clears throat> I mean, I understand the last two years have been really, really bad for a lot of people. But like you, I bought a house during the, in the pandemic. I got engaged and married in the pandemic. Um, I'm lucky enough to work on this podcast with you great guys during the pandemic. So As an intern. As an intern. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it does get overshadowed. And that's probably good. And that probably helps my mental health. And not to focus on all the bad stuff that's been happening. But at the same time, I'm one of the lucky ones. We we are some of the lucky ones, even though Harley, you're just recovering from COVID. I'm fully recovered now. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been we've been kind of lucky, even though we've had an interesting time the last couple of years. Did both of you trying to tie it to the a wedding? Like when I got married, we were engaged, planning a wedding pre-COVID. Then COVID happened. Oh yeah, and it was like okay, this hasn't happened before. So we're just kind of figuring this out on all like all new. And obviously like every day it changed like 
oh, now you can have this many people at, at your wedding. Now, now it's this. And obviously there was times where we probably even had to consider like, well, do we postpone it? Do we make it just a family wedding? Obviously we were lucky and were able to still have, a, I don't, I don't want to say large wedding, but like a reasonable amount. No one got COVID that we know of. It was it was a very interesting time trying to plan a wedding right when COVID started, but now it just kind of like it's just so normal to me that I'm like I feel like that's how everyone plans their wedding. Yeah, I mean, just before or during the planning process and knowing and kind of since you got married before I did, Jeremy and a couple friends did. We. We saw it, my now wife and I of oh, we're just going to extend the engagement and just make it a very long planning process so we can get the vendors that we want. We can get, you know, just extend everything out since during that time, 2020 weddings were being pushed out to 2021. Yep. So we're like, oh, let's look at 2022. Um, so that had an impact on it. Um, at the time, every, it definitely put a lot more stress than probably a pre pandemic for sure, just because everything at that point was in, in same thing with yours. It was just so fluid. It yeah. was very much like, um, like a couple of weeks before ours was the, the peak of cases just with that, uh, with the Omicron variant. So it was like, Oh, our wedding's just going to be absolutely screwed. Like there's no, there's no way. And by the time that we had ours, it was the absolute Valley of, of cases. So it was, just a just a roller coaster in in the planning process with the absolute uncertainty of how everything's going to turn out. Yeah, like we technically our wedding is smaller was smaller than what a pre-pandemic wedding was. Like our venue could only be at fifty percent of what the normal capacity was, but it like. I don't think we ever had to email anyone or like reach out to anyone and be like, you can't come to our wedding because of numbers. Like a lot of people didn't feel comfortable going to a large gathering, which totally fine. Told everyone who like did that, like totally understand where you're coming from. Like don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. So that it's not a plus, but at least we didn't have to like go down that road of, all right, what people do we not invite? I was like, I was like, can we invite Harley and then just uninvite him right away? I was, <laughs> I was kind of sad and upset that I didn't get the invite, but you know, Oof. I've, I've buried that thing a while ago. So, I mean, we, we, we planned, we picked our date at the end of the summer of 2021, I guess September. So, and summers proved to be the best time for COVID in cases, just cause you're not all crammed indoors. So we didn't have any restrictions. I think Minneapolis lifted their indoor mask restrictions maybe a, a week before um so that was really lucky for us but where my plans my plans got derailed was i went ring shopping in early 2020 and i picked out the ring um at the end of february 2020 and they're like okay it'll be a couple weeks until it's ready for you to pick up great two weeks later everything shut down the store didn't know when they were going to reopen and i had to push out when i asked her a little bit but um, they opened up in early May, so only, only had to wait two months and then proposed mid-May. So that's just a good memory of COVID, but uh, um, <laughs> maybe not a good memory, but um, definitely better than having our wedding day derailed. 
does your wife know that you were going you like your goal was to ask earlier okay. yeah yeah so yeah so for months i had the ring picked out she didn't have it and she would always try to show me rings online and i would always be like nope i don't really want to look at those right now pissing her off but i knew that and it was going to be worth it in <laughs> in dear time but uh yeah. even though she didn't yeah no i i think the the pandemic brought a lot of negatives but i think it it shined the light on a lot of societal issues in uh, fractures maybe that were less exposed. Uh, I also think it made people a little bit more comfortable to you know, say no to engagements that they or like events that they didn't want to go to uh, just because it is, you know, and if you pre pandemic, if you're being pressured into it, it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to, if, if you don't go, you kind of sound like an asshole, but um, you know, that some people just have, have anxiety from the pandemic and i feel like that's a very valid feeling uh as to not go to events um and then it kind of being separated from friends for so long it kind of makes even this uh weekly dealio a little bit more meaningful just uh there's a long time where we had didn't get to see each other so yeah just in engagements like that for uh family as well like when the pandemic first started i was like I don't know why my thought process was this, but I'm just like, how the fuck is this happening in today's age? Like we have all this technology, all this other stuff. And then some comedian jokes that he goes like in, uh, when was the flu, like the flu, the swine flu? No, the like last major pandemic, like 1909. The bubonic plague. Sure. The Spanish flu. Spanish flu. Yeah. Back then, the guidance was wear a mask, it's like be six feet apart. And it's like, it's now 2020. And our advice to everyone is wear a mask, stay six feet apart. And my thought process was with all this technology, that just seemed weird, but makes sense. The technology did allow us to get a vaccine in record time, though. So that, that was the biggest difference. Yeah. That's a route I don't want to go down. <laughs> and skip over that. Besides, like, all the vaccine, like, talk that we get into or the masks and stuff, I'm a person, I just don't like being sick. Yeah. Like, that disrupts so much in someone's life if you're sick. Like, okay, you, you can't go see people. Oh, now you feel terrible. You can't sleep, and then you, you're not focused. So it's just... Like, I'm just going to take the steps I need to take to not be sick and take care of myself, right? So that's that's all I'll say. I mean, it's like, who cares? I mean, I you know, throw on a mask when I go into a place because I, first of all, I don't want to be sick. And second of all, I don't know if I if I had it for some reason, gave it to someone. If, if I knew that I gave it to someone, I'd feel so bad. I mean, I when the pandemic first started, I drove from Detroit to iowa and like i thought i i literally thought i had it because i i felt sick but i was just so like anxious and then when i got there i was like if i give covid to my family i'm gonna feel so bad because i just didn't know what it was so that's my take on it you were also licking everything in every gas station you stopped at yeah so. the gas pumps you know that was <laughs> the prime territory yeah i think it's like with everything in life like my viewpoint is i'm gonna have my views you can have your views. Just don't tell me, like, if I want to wear a mask, don't make a huge issue about it. 
It's like it's not impacting you yeah. in any way. I'm not going to make a huge issue that you're not wearing a mask. Like, that's your choice. This is my choice. I mean, I would prefer them to wear a mask, but in today's age, I'm just like, just let me do me and I'll let you do you. I agree with that line of thinking outside of public health measures. Well, yes. Because it's no longer a, a me, me, me situation. If you were walking around the grocery store because you just got your leg chopped off and you're like, just let me worry about me. And the grocery store worker's like, hey, man, you're bleeding everywhere. Like, you can't do that here. Like, I, I believe in what he's saying, but my thought process is there is nothing I'm going to say to this person that is going to change their mind. Mm -hmm. So why even waste the time? Obviously, probably if I did it to 10 people, maybe I'll convince one. But it's just like I would prefer them to prevent sickness from spreading. But if there's nothing that I can say to change their mind, what's the point of even starting a huge fiasco? Yeah, like I said, there's the pandemic brought on a lot of uh, fractures within society that otherwise probably wouldn't be addressed. Um, I think one positive is is masking is becoming a little bit more non-taboo which was something extremely common in asia once uh or in, mm -hmm. in in europe once you did feel get the flu or you know you had a cold throw a mask on and that limit spread um obviously saw like a huge downtick in in flu cases and, and things like that throughout the the pandemic so i hope that's something that sticks because I, I i think that's a great public health measure that you can take to not pass it along to your uh, fellow citizens that was one thing i viewed as well like i just remember every like family gathering pre-pandemic there's always someone's like oh i just have a cold it's like okay and then a week later like half the like family <laughs> has a cold yeah. and it's like with pan with, with the pandemic people could just be like oh i i'm not feeling well i'm gonna stay home which back then probably would have been the logical thing to do as well but i mean i, I don't I can't count on two hands how many times I went to school as a kid with a like a legit fever and a cough, and it was just like, well, it's not strep, so slap yeah. on those bootstraps, go on and go. Same thing through college. It was like you can't get a doctor's note for a cold, but you can still pass it to people. Yeah, you still got to go. It's like, yeah, it makes it just makes everybody, I think, a little bit more comfortable. Rob, what uh, what are some things that you feel, um that came out of the pandemic that were positive. I found a new, um, I have a new respect for exercise and I make a better point to exercise almost every day that I can. Um, now that I have a dog who's very active, um, I got him right before the pandemic. We, me and my wife make it a point to take him on a long walk every day after work. Um, at least one of us, usually both of us. And I think that's that's good for him. He doesn't know the difference between a pandemic and, and not. Um, but now that at the time I had all that time to just do nothing but be outside with my dog and at home with my wife, um, we've continued that habit. So I think that's a good thing that came out of the pandemic for me. Is Murphy vaxxed? Yeah, a bunch of different vaccinations. Oh. <laughs> good. Glad he got his uh, stuff. So Harley, what were some more positives? Or negatives that you saw in the pandemic yeah mine kind of goes along with rob's but i definitely learned a new sense of appreciation for how things are made and also for family and friends so just how fortunate we are to to be you know here sounds i guess kind of cheesy but at the same time you know going through life and waking up and saying i'm i'm super lucky that i'm here and i should make this day 
the most I can and the best I can because, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow and I don't know, you know, if something in my life could happen tonight or tomorrow to where my mindset will change. Like it's developed a new sense of appreciation. Also, I've learned how to keep myself busy and I feel that's kind of a hard thing to do in some ways because, you know, with mental health, you know, if you are just sitting there with nothing to do, you can start to get very in your head. And if you don't have an outlet, which a lot of people um, don't have an outlet, which that's it's tough. But finding ways to uh, to kind of get out of your mind and you know work on things that you're passionate about, something I've learned. Also, I've learned to you know like love learning and just be able to to focus on one thing and just learn it and then move on to the next. Like I just learned how to uh, jumpstart a battery, a car battery, and I it's just I probably should have known this before, but you know. Uh, left on dead and then you put the uh the red on the other side and then you put the black on the the live yeah something like that and then you get zapped and then you die so. yeah i know how to jump start a car but every time i have to do it i watch a youtube video before just to make sure <laughs> i yeah. google it every time i got it right <laughs> yeah i have notes but yeah th- those are my positive things i mean we could all talk about like the negatives because a lot of people know yeah. what the negatives are but no it's appreciation for uh for you guys and for my life what i have people i know so one positive is it helps me appreciate small businesses more like i know every year for christmas now we do like a gift swap and you're supposed to buy a ten dollar or like 25 dollar gift card to a small business that you like and i know like right at the start of the pandemic a lot of the small businesses that i used to shop at frequently were like we're not open right now but do you like you can buy gift cards like that will help us keep our employees being paid. That's one thing that I, I think it helps me appreciate them more and helps me try to shop at small businesses as much as I can. Should we all shout out like one or two of our favorite small businesses in the Minneapolis area that sure. we appreciated more so over the pandemic? Sure. I have to. You want to go first, Jeremy? You probably had some in mind. Yeah. It's not in the Minneapolis area, but. Jay Long's and then the other where's, where's that and what is it it is in Mankato it is it, it was uh, when I first went there for the first time it was strictly a suit store but now they are a I don't even know how to describe it now they they still sell suits they sell that they, they sell activewear they sell drink mixes coffee women's clothing now and you get free uh beer if you are there and look or around. wine or wine or if you're not 21, a soda or coffee or a water. That's good as well. But the second one, I I was I tried to support like local coffee roasters just because obviously they probably get part of their business from coffee shops which shut down. And I used to pre-pandemic only drink my office break room coffee. And I was like, well, now I'm working from home so i have to make my own coffee and i was like well let's support some small coffee roasters in the minneapolis area right, uh, I'll, I'll pick two uh shout out to in the west metro red veg bakery the hands down the best bakery items uh sometimes they have a pizza nights they have their their stuff is delicious two man i'll just say Local restaurants in general, just in your area. Red Bench is probably one of my favorite to get breakfast uh, stuff at, but just the through the pandemic, just exploring 
restaurants that I probably wouldn't have thought of otherwise besides chain rest, like big chain restaurants, just all those small, small restaurants. Um, shout out to, to all them. And I, I would recommend supporting and reaching out to uh, some in your area. Red Bench does make great pizza though. I they can do. attest to that. Harley. There's a, there's a place that's uh, in the Minneapolis area that's called El Lorito Mexican Grill. And I'm pretty sure it's a small small business because I have never heard of another branch um, of that. But uh, amazing Mexican food. And also, like Brandon said, shout out to all the restaurants, the small business restaurants that had to deal with all the stuff going on, all the uncertainty, and then have to figure out how to move their stuff into online ordering. It's just shout out to uh, to those people. They, they're amazing. Where is that restaurant? Um, it is not um, around anymore. No, it's there. It's it's in Hopkins. Okay. Um, my first one is an Asian fusion restaurant called Walk in the Park in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. We, my wife and I, had that catered for our uh, rehearsal dinner. It was really good. And another one. I don't want to go back to back restaurants. But I might have to. It's it's a bit bigger than Walk in the Park. Pizza Luce. They have they have a couple, um, or maybe like eight or nine locations. But I would still call them a small business. Very good pizza. Yes. Very good chicken wings. Um, try them out if you haven't. No, Shop should, local. Yes. Should we do the water cooler wrap up? Mine's a question, but it doesn't have to be debated that long. So it's rhetorical. Or- oh, so we have to debate this? No. Well, I. I guess we don't have to debate it, but I'm interested to hear your take on it. All right, go for it. I was listening to a podcast this week, and someone on the podcast referenced sneaking in beers into sporting events, but doing it in a flask. My thought in question is like, can you, like, would it even make sense to try put beer into a flask? No, absolutely not. It's one, not enough. Two, Correct. it's going to get warm pretty quick, pressed against your like breast pocket or wherever you have it stashed. Correct. And I thought the foam, too, of like pouring it in. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. And it's just not enough alcohol to make it worth the trouble. Unless it's like one of those tie, like flask things that would hold a lot and it would be insulated yeah, to keep it cold. a tie to a sporting event, you know? No, broadcasters. Very sus. But unless you're duct taping like so many of them to your body, like a suit of armor, there's no way you're getting through this. The yeah. Metal detector for <laughs> yeah. That. yeah. We get a plastic one. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Well, and, and my thought process was like, if you think like if you put hard alcohol on a flask, you can make a lot more alcoholic beverages. Correct. A beer one, you would probably have to buy a beer. And then what you would do is you would just not go buy another one. You'd pour the flask into a cup which i'm like so it it gets you one beer where a, a flask of alcohol could get you and a so, lot of drinks so does that a sporting event are much less expensive than buying a one beer for yeah. 15 bucks and then you can just keep buying soda for whatever and just keep uh filling that bad boy my my tip is going to be if you don't know something you should google it or mm-hmm. whatever your search preference of choices you have all of the access a lot of access to most information ever encountered by humanity at the touch of your fingertips. Just Google it. Asking, awesome. asking a dumb question is a lot better than making a dumb mistake. Like how to jump a car. 
Yeah. Also, when you look at people and you're like, why do they know everything they know? Maybe they're way better than I am, or there's no way I'm going to know what they know. They literally either Googled it or they learned it from somebody else. So there's a reason why people are like good at what they do is because they learned what the, what it takes to be good at what they do. They spent the intentional time to look it up. So Brandon, Google it. Like, uh, like how liquid ant traps work or how fridges work. My wrap up of the, of the week. I don't even know what this thing is called, but my wrap up is I'm going to give some advice that I don't follow myself. So take this with a grain of salt, go out, try new things, go to places that you wouldn't normally go to. And like a small, like a small business or a restaurant, because a you're supporting some someone who could be living paycheck to paycheck or not have uh, the luxuries of these large corporations, and b you could find your favorite restaurant of all time, yes, just by going out and exploring. So uh, that'd be my tip. Also, shout out to Denise, one of the most amazing people in the world. Rob would vouch. I'll wrap it up by saying, uh, or actually by suggesting a TV show for you all and our listeners. Um, it's on Apple TV Plus, so sorry if you don't have that. It's called Severance. There's only one season. It's probably one of the best shows I've ever watched. And it's one of those where you watch the season finale, and then you just get mad because there's no more episodes until the next season. But it's a thriller, sci-fi, it's crazy stuff. Well, you had me watching it up until the point where you said I'm going to be pissed off by the time I'm done watching it. So what's Harley, the point? You got visually upset. I, I was about to write it down, but then I, you said it was... Uh, it's worth it, though. It's kind of like Ozark when Ozark, that happened to Ozark. I was watching it, and then all of a sudden stopped. I'm like, are you kidding? It's kind of like the same vibe, too. Mm. Yeah. All right, well, I think that can uh, wrap it up for the week. If you want to uh, catch us at our socials, it's a WTR Cooler Pod on all platforms. If you have any questions uh, or topics for the show, recommendations... Feel free to slide into uh, our DMs and uh, we'll uh, maybe take them into consideration. Or leave a review. Or yeah. leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify Podcasts, Google. I don't know. I That's heart. just what podcasters say. I, we, I don't even know what we're on. If you found us, nice job. We're on a lot of things. In that, we'll do it. Let's go. But it's just a rental It's not a good investment Being bad with your money Is being good at flexing They always chasing a bag I guess they couldn't catch it They trying to be like me But it's not a good impression I used to get on instrumentals Just to get it out my mental I was handing out my demos And they wouldn't check it They told me I'd never make it But now they get the message That's important information So I wouldn't text it They want to get a reply They want screenshots But they won't get a response Not even three dots These sheep talk No lying They throwing cheap shots I had to cut some people off, I had to detox. I keep talking in my head, I got deep thoughts. On the steps where me and Navy did the beatbox. Been old school like Reeboks with knee socks. Corbin, no, I fuck them up when the beat drops. I'm coming back more level headed.